Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. I'm Nick Roush, joined today by Drew Franklin, Adam Luck, and Freddie Maggard. We're for the first time this fall. We get to talk about a Kentucky football win. The Cats took care of business, knocking off Ball State 44-14, covering the spread. It was never a doubt. We're excited to break it all down, the good and the bad, from the season opening win. Um, Going to talk about some of the standouts, maybe some big picture takeaways, uh, including some good news we got today from uh, Mark Stoops. I wanted to start... With something from the chat, you can get in on the YouTube chat throughout the show. Chime in. We'll pipe back. Uh, we got to start. Eugene Hofkamp, he was on here early just to share that. Trevin Wallace was the best player on the field Saturday. And I loved every single second watching that dude play football, Drew Franklin. I also can't believe that he was going and moving as fast as he was moving on Saturday. Just incredible. Yeah. Uh, big talk out of the press conference today that he was clocked at 21 miles per hour. And then an hour later, he's named SEC Player of the Week on defense. Two for Kentucky with Barry Brown, I'm sure we'll get to. But we knew, you know, he would step up now being uh, the starter in that role. But, I mean, right away making a big statement there in the middle of the defense. Uh, The chat's also not letting me ignore (laughs) the best part of this. I mean, we're visual now. We're a visual show, and Freddie Maggard's bringing the heat. I'm usually the prop guy. Freddie's full-on booby Maggard. Got his booby Miles jersey on. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've always wanted one, so <clears throat> I got one this summer. Uh, this isn't a prop. This is actually what I had on today. So uh, probably too old to be wearing a jersey, but it is what it is. I'm a Permian Panther fan. That's been well noted if, if you're a historical listener of this podcast. So go Mojo. And uh, I, I would like to add to the movie much better than the TV show. It's not even really close. The movie is just incredible. One of the best sports movies ever. TV show. Two thumbs down. Freddie, were you? I, I gotta ask because you were one of the many guys, one of the many people affected by this. How did you get to watch the game? Because Spectrum and ESPN they've reached a disagreement. Were you able to figure out a way to to watch Kentucky versus Ball State? So it threw my whole day weekend off, right? So normally I leave KS Bar, go to Kroger, get my wings, my fizzy waters, go home, watch it from the recliner, the porch if it gets tight, nothing. So I had to go to the Versailles Brewery, Brewing Company, the restaurant in Versailles, obviously. And I had to sit at the bar and watch the game. And I drank way too much coffee and I was jittery the rest of the day and it just made everything miserable. I was mad. I mean, seriously, I'm going to call, we need to call Morgan to Morgan and sue whoever, because that's my workplace, right? They came and took my workplace from, I don't go to their offices and click their computers off. Right. So <laughs> that disrupted everything. Uh, I wasn't in a good mood the whole game. Uh, so it was just awful to be – I mean, Versailles is very kind of a nice place. I mean, they great service, great place to eat. But it disrupted my normal routine, and I was not happy. And I'm one. I'm like you, Freddie. I don't like watching games in public. I, I haven't watched a meaningful um, game of notes since the 2015 Notre Dame-Kentucky basketball Elite Eight game. I just – I don't – I don't like being in crowds because I'm an irrational person. In uh, – in. You know, we kind of related to like it. Like, this was, um, you know, it's, it's a first game for everybody, right? But we are in a new routine. The live blog, we were the last company on planet Earth that still was using live blogs. So they shut it down. So now we're using the message board. We've got a KSR Twitter account. We, I, I was out of my routine too. I didn't even drink a coffee till the second quarter. And that's probably to blame for Kentucky's slow start. That's probably because you had a beer right before you walked up the press box. <laughs> I think you were uh, just out of rhythm. You were just like, well, uh, uh, what's going on here? So a lot I, of know, new. Yeah, a lot of new. The football helmets on the Bud Light cans just really threw me off, you know. Uh, I, it got us all out of sorts. But we got it together. Kentucky got it together. And we got this podcast together because of our tightest sponsor, Justice <clears throat> Dental. They're the best in the business. And if you're in Central Kentucky, you should be going to Justice Dental, your one-stop shop for all your dental needs. They've got two Lexington locations, one on Blazer Parkway, one on Wellington Way. Whether you need simple filling, some routine cleanings, or if you're going to do it big and maybe re-up your smile with some veneers, dental mouth plants, they'll do a full mouth restoration, whitening, whatever it may be. Just visit them at justicedental.com. You can also call or text them to set up your appointment at 859 543 Zero seven hundred, Doc Thompson and Doctor Justice. They they hooked up Freddie Maggard and Drew Franklin. They'll hook you up too. Proud sponsors of the KSR Football Podcast. Um, we mentioned a couple standoffs right off the top, um, but I want to give a salute to one guy who look at. I did not. I had very low expectations for um, because we see this with transfers sometimes where. 
they come from a big school. They've got this. They they had a big recruiting ranking back in the day, but they 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 were maybe a little overvalued. But Keyshawn Silver was in the backfield on the first play of the game, and he was back there a lot. And um, you know, I I think the defensive line they had a little bit of this week one. Um, you know, offensively they they called it jitters. I think the defensive line just like they're not used to actually tackling people back there. So like now that they had that opportunity, they weren't taking guys to the ground. But even sometimes when Keyshawn Silver was in that backfield, even if he didn't hit him, he slowed him down, and there was three other guys ready to tackle him there. Game, uh, we wanted to see more havoc from the defensive line uh, in the defense in general. And it was it nine tackles for loss and three sacks. I don't. I, I mean, they were back there early and often. I think they left four or five tackles for loss out there on the table. Yeah, I think first play, Keyshawn Silver really popped. And he was kind of a surprise starter because he was an oar there at Nose with Josiah Hayes. So he starts, and I thought he really impacted the game. I think Khalil Saunders impacted the game. Deion Walker obviously impacted the game. I thought Octavius Oxendine had a really good game. He just didn't get guys on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was active. Uh, there and I think we saw what we wanted to see for Kentucky's defensive line. Jamari Stinkins, I thought, flashed. We didn't even get to see Trayvon Ripka, and so I think we saw a lot of good things from that defensive front. And then back to the Trevin Wallace comments, just that front seven in general uh, looked the part. Like looks like a legit front seven, a, a group that can really wreck in the SEC. Alex Safari, right, the big hit, not jars the ball ball loose. J.J. Weaver has a sack. So they really showed up, and I, they did some good things. I think the pass rush looked like it had a little bit more juice to me on Saturday. And so that was good to see, especially with a secondary that's got some new pieces and that's kind of adjusting on the fly. So when you're just talking overall position groups, I think Kentucky's defensive line was near the top. I think they've got they've got a playmaker. They've got a – a guy who could be a potential star and they got good quality depth and they're going to be able to rotate and have guys that I think can make an impact this season. Rest non verba says on the chat that silver looks like Walker's twin. Can't believe how big he is. And that's another bone to pick. I have with this game, Freddie. I can't, I can't see the numbers on the jerseys like zero and nine. They look the same and it's a very old man thing to me, but like, I can't, like they look cool up close in person, but at the top of the press box, or even when I'm watching the replay, I'm like, is that nine, three, what, three, eight? You got a zero, a nine, and an eight on the defensive line. I can I can hardly tell who's who. Yeah, that's a problem I have calling, say, championship games or like that. But, yeah, it was something that I couldn't really make out, the, especially the single-digit numbers. Mm-hmm. But to echo what Adam said, two things really stuck out for me about this football game, the front seven for Kentucky – I think runs better than any front seven that Mark Stoops has had, the fastest. I really like that defensive line. They're aggressive. They can run. Khalil Saunders sprinted across the field and made a play. I mean, that was very impressive to me. And then then my guy, Trevor Wallace, I know I talked about him a whole lot this summer for a reason, and I'm glad that he got out there and performed. But he and and, uh, Jackson are are a very good combination there on the inside linebackers, and, and I love the front seven. But the thing that stuck out to me the most in the game was the third phase, the kickoff return for a touchdown, three for three on PATs, five for five on field goals. I mean, the graphic on TV during the game was Kentucky missed eight field goals last year. I didn't even realize that. That's a lot. So the third phase, uh, block kick, 
and the front seven, how well it can run and disrupt were the two things that jumped out at me most during Saturday's game. Yeah, and on that field goal thing, Kentucky lost two games where early yeah. drives they missed field goals in the first quarter. Vanderbilt, no miss. If they make either of those field goals, they probably win both of those games, or at least one. And both of those field goals weren't highly unmakeable field goals. So it was good, I think, to see Alex Trainer hit one early, but not only hit one, hit one, hit hit some in important spots over 40 yards. You know, you get the big middle eight field goal out towards the end of the half. He hit some big kicks, and that if you can have that consistently, that's going to make – a, a big difference, and I think last year it cost Kentucky games. Essentially, when you look back at both those games, if you just make the field goals early, you probably win. Win those. Yeah, and then Mark Stoops was talking special teams in his post game presser, and he, I think he had three different quotes about special teams, Drew, before he was like, "Oh yeah, Barry on Brown, he had that ninety nine yard kickoff return touchdown." Like, huh. you know, pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice to talk uh, positively about special teams around Stoops after a game. And obviously, bringing in Bullware worked out. Uh, I mean, Rainer going three for three from, what, 41, 46, 46. Doesn't really matter in this game. But you do the, that against a Florida or one of these SEC games, that can be the difference in a win and loss. That was so good to see him do it right away his first time on the field. And uh, just to to walk back to uh, one thing, one more thing with the defense. I, oh, you got something there? I was just going to say with Rainer in our – his little post-game interview, all the reporters, it was like Chris Farley talking to Paul McCartney, like, hey, you made those <laughs> kicks. That was, remember, that was that was pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, that's 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 what I do. I, I, make, I make kicks. Like, I, I've done this for four years. Like, it's not anything crazy. And we're all like, yeah, yeah but like, Kentucky, field goals. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre. Uh, how, he just was like, I expect perfection. So, yeah, nothing nothing crazy. We're not used to that. I mean, he probably led the team in selfies on the way out of the stadium, too. Everybody was so excited to have a kicker go three for three from a decent range there. I was going to add, though, I also liked with the defense, a lot of takeaways, even though uh, one of them didn't count. I'm counting it in my brain after a year of uh, lacking in that category a little bit. Should have had two fumble recoveries for touchdowns. Uh, had one at least, and then the fumble recovery. And then should have had the interception in the end zone. So as good as the front seven was, I know uh, the secondary has got a little work to do, but I like seeing them make some plays. We can talk more about nice things, but the chat is bringing up. I mean, it wasn't. It was a forty-four to fourteen game where Kentucky only ran eleven plays for the first twenty-seven minutes or so, twenty-six minutes of the second half. It was really ugly. Uh, couldn't get off the field on third down. I think uh, Ball State was seven of twelve in the second half on third and fourth down combined. Um, Scott says, just you know, that game was horrible to watch. Something was off all day. You could feel something was off offensively. And Matt wants us to make him feel better about Leary missing the throws, especially the long ball. So, uh, Freddie, you're a quarterback. You, were what they did, open? You know. Were they were they open? Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he, my take is they weren't yeah, open. They, I mean, he threw it up there. They weren't open, and they drew yeah. the eye on one. And Barry got the guy was on top of the route. I mean, he what they weren't open. He yeah, didn't miss it, the long ones. What he missed, what he missed, were some of the shorter ones. The, the slants. Yeah, well, the misses that I saw, Leary Brown characteristic. I think that's going to get fixed. He's not played in the game since October. I still stand by everything I said about Leary. But I also saw receivers not running the right routes. I saw receivers that uh, I'm just going to say it, di- didn't follow through on routes when they weren't the primary target. So that throws everything off as well. So it's not just on the quarterback there. That's on the pass catchers also. So I, I saw a two-part 
problem. But there were some accuracy issues, and that's supposed to be his strength. I think he'll get that cleaned up. But it's communication. It is coordination with the pass catchers. They have to know to carry out their routes no matter where they are because this guy scans the whole field, and he's going to get it to you. And I think that's a big difference and something Kentucky's going to have to get used to. But it's just not a one-man error when, in some of those yeah. misses. Well, the, the deep balls, yeah, I mean, he threw it where it had to be. So I got zero concerns on the deep balls. I was the impressed one with how Barry he kept and Brown. Go ahead. The one to Barry and Brown, they run the post where they got the P.I. That was like a 60-yard throw. And yeah. he put it where he could get a P.I. So to me, what that says, hey – Defenses, this guy can throw it 55 yards down the field, and we've got a 10-something guy, 100-meter guy on the outside, so you better get deep. And two, when Berrien gets deep and he's open, he's going to be able to hit that throw. It's just he's got to get open. You know, he's got to get off the line, got to get off releases. I think receiver play was was a bit disappointing. Uh, was t- Lack of tight end targets was a little bit surprised by. I think that will change this week. But a lot of that was to, I think, just the snap counts. Like, the snap counts were low. And that happens when you get two non-offensive touchdowns. And then yeah. they had some drive killer moments. Jagger Burton doesn't snap the ball. They get a false start on the second drive. First drive, Barry and Brown drops a pass. Yeah. So they had some of those moments. And then, they like we said, they just didn't get a ton of opportunities. But he, I thought the first play where he hits Dan Key, he hits him right in the hole. He stops him before the uh, for, for that other defender comes into play. That's a chunk gain. Play action on the – First touchdown drive, he hits key right in stride over the middle. Chunk play sets up a scoring scoring possession. So I thought he did some good things, but he did miss some throws. He missed key in the end zone on the second that, possession. That's got to be that needs to be a layup. He can't you can't miss that throw. He's wide open, um, and I do think he missed some reads in the middle of the game. Um, so you do need him to play better. He it looked like he looked a little tight to me. I think out there, um, like Freddie said, first game since October, first game in a new system. It's a big year for him. Um, he's got everything on the line, so I think maybe a little nerve. So I do want to see him play more loose on Saturday. But I think he did some good things. Like the pocket mobility, number one, like I think Drew was mentioning. Just he can make guys miss in the pocket. So um, his when they get pressure, there's a chance he can make a miss. And when that happens, then you can extend plays and people can get open down the field. And so I, th- I think there was a lot of good there. There was some bad. But I th- I still think whatever you, your preseason thought were about Le- was Leary in the preseason, I don't think that should change after one game. No, I, I loved his pocket presence too. I mean, he, he kept his eyes downfield and was looking for targets when things got a little wobbly in, in the pocket. That That's something that I like to see as well from him. But I think, uh, you know, I, I think that the pass catchers need, need to be better around him and he needs to be better. Uh, and I think he will be. And that's something that's fixable, and we'll see that coming up. Mm-hmm. The, there are a few uh, times he had incompletions where, I mean, he did the best he could put in his spot. Ray Davis going down the sideline. I think he might have stepped out of bounds, wouldn't have counted. Then on that one whatever trick play it looked like in the end zone, I, he almost turned that into something too. So some of his in- incompletions I was even impressed by how he at least uh, gave him a shot to make a play. He was 10 out of 11 in the second half too. So, I mean, that's that. Yeah. He he corrected it. The um, the one you know you mentioned that slant, uh, look at it in the end zone. That that was the one play where I was just like, all right, he's he's over here trying to score forty points in one throw, and I I think the whole offense was doing that. They were all trying to. It's like when a basketball team is down big and they're out there just trying to score seventeen points, and it's like just just relax, play football, breathe, um, you know, and. and the other play, like the other bad throw he had where you're just like, what is he doing? 
I think that was just purely miscommunication. His interception where I think he the plan was Dane to just to run a stick. You gotta go four yards. We'll just go four yards and stop. The ball was gonna be right there. Instead Dane breaks it off and it just goes directly to the 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 cornerback instead. So I I'm not as worried about the offense. Uh because it, it did feel like they were stressing some, um, and I'm also not as worried because I I was I, we we were all holding our breath that Kenneth Horsey, your senior team captain, might be donezo for the year because when he came off that field, Drew, it did not look good, uh, and I I just we hold our breath at that press conference today. No, the first question wasn't about Horsey. I didn't want to be the guy that that made Mark Stoops share the bad news. And when he chirped up and said, "He's out this week," but fortunately, he's only going to be out a couple weeks. And it was like, "Whoo!" Exhale, everybody. Exhale. Yeah, I like many people were expecting the worst. Just the way he was carted off, the way his face looked, it looked like he knew something was going to be a long-term injury. And uh, this morning, that might have been the first time I was ready to cheer in a Mark Stoops press conference. I, I know that's a no-no, but when they said that uh, Horsey will be back just in a few weeks, I, I was so relieved for him. I know many fans were because that would have been a brutal ending for a guy that's played a lot of snaps at Kentucky, a team captain, and for him to go down early in the game like that with what looked like it could have been much worse. That was best news of the day by far. Not that Dylan Ray didn't play well behind him and um, lots of other positive things from the line. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, I think, for Dylan Ray. Moving forward, mm-hmm. here he's got some oppor- some chance to play time and maybe lock down a spot in a, a rotation, maybe potentially a guard if he does well here over these next couple of weeks with Horsey out. So I think it's a big opportunity for him, and I thought he played well uh, in replacing Horsey there at left guard. So we're going to get to see him more here, and it, it's a chance to we talked about building all lined up, building all line depth. Now they have a chance to do that. He. A huge hole for Ray Davis uh, with a big second-half chunk play uh, shortly after he got in the game. Um, so it, that, that was encouraging. He had one of the high grades on FF as well. So a uh, little bit to build on there for the youngster. So he, he, he's he got a couple weeks to get things figured out um, to reset momentarily because – we're having a rare moment right now on the KSR Football Podcast. We're going to be here every Monday at 8, and in a, a bit of a twist, we actually have a college football game happening right now. Clemson's playing Duke, and the Tigers are ew, looking a little rough in Durham. Um, Duke's about to kick a field goal to go up 3 nothing. Um, I don't know if too many of you all are in the greater – Durham area, but if you were wanting something to do Labor Day night, you could have hopped on Game Time, and I'm sure got found tickets wherever because Game Time is the best place to get last minute deals on tickets wherever, whenever. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, and when you put in promo code KSR, you're gonna get twenty dollars off your first purchase. And the best part about the Game Time app is just to be able to scroll and oh, you see like oh like. Wickets coming to uh, coming to Louisville, right? You click on it, you scroll down. Where do you want your seats to be? Where do you want to look for Louisville football tickets? I mean, look at that. As low as three dollars, I can get in the stadium. You can see where your seats are going to be. Uh, I helped my dad use the Game Time app to get into the Kentucky game this weekend. Uh, you can use it this weekend as well when the Cats take on EKU. This is one of those internet games too, and I know. Uh, Freddie, you might not be able to have the internet to watch 
Kentucky versus EKU. So hop on Game Time. Put on promo code KSR. You might not be able to figure out the internet, but you can figure out the Game Time app. Simple to use. Two taps, and the tickets are on your phone just like that. With the Game Time app, use promo code KSR for $20 off your first purchase. Um, okay. Back to the Kentucky Ball State. Look it. What other? Do you have any other long-term, like, positive signs about this Kentucky football team. I know some folks are concerned about the offensive line. Do you still feel pretty good about where they stand, even though they are playing with Dylan Ray at left guard for the next two or three weeks probably? Yeah, for me, I think I go into it just thinking the ceiling is not, I wouldn't say, super high for this group. Like, I don't think this is going to be one of the best offensive lines of the Mark Stoops tenure. But I do think it could be a serviceable – competent SEC offensive line and that's how they played I thought on Saturday I don't think they dominated uh, but I thought they held up well enough in pass protection I think a few of the pressures were just miscommunication um, that they allowed and I think in the run game they did some good things but it was different I don't think a lot of people are talking about this this was a heavy kind of mid outside zone rushing attack we saw on Saturday it goes totally totally away from what they did last year even what they were doing more with Cohen, which was vertical-type runs. And last year was all gap scheme. Like, they were pulling the guard on almost every run, um, running a lot of power. This year, I thought it was a little different, just with the zone. It was more of the the McVay-Shanahan-type system that we were used to. And then that led to the play-action game, and the play-action was was good. So that that was one that that I think stuck out, and I think the offensive line uh, did did what we would hope they would do. Um, they still have to go out and prove it. I think it's better competition. But I think Ray Davis, to me, was a little bit of a revelation that he was a true running back one, and he looked like a guy that could run for 1,000 yards in this league. I mean, he did it last year, but he looks like a guy that can do it this year. I think he showed really good vision and feel as a zone runner, um, and he was able to hit 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 him for a couple big gains, big 220-plus yard games. One was the touchdown there at the end, and then he he shows some things, I think, as a checkdown option in the passing game, so he can be a threat there. So for me, that 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 really showed up because Kentucky, they to play this type of offense, you do need to be able to run the ball at a certain type of level, and I think Davis can be a guy that you can lean on week in, week out, and so that that was good to see. And I mean that that and seeing what we've seen from Vanderbilt, how they're struggling to run the football, and then to add him, I think that's going to really pay dividends this season. Yeah, and he did that without Jagger Burton uh, or Eli Cox playing their best game. I feel like they Jagger had some snapping issues, some stuff that you might expect from a guy playing that position for the first time. Eli getting back to his old spot. There were some miscommunications on some some pass protections, um, and now, they're going to get Flax. Back. Flax played well. I mean, if you were going to rank the offensive lineman, I think he would be near the top in that game. He played well. Um, on Ray Davis's first touchdown, he crashes down the end, and Ray Davis cuts it and cuts it back right, and it's clear opening because Flax got his guy cleared his guy out of the way. I think pass protection and he held up well enough. I thought he had a good game. I mean, and he's the clear I think starting right tackle right now. I thought Ray Davis's thirty yard run at the end of the game was one of the best plays in UK football history, given the circumstances. <laughs> uh, what six seconds left on the, uh, on the TV? They show fans. And they're so excited. I'm like, that, I, and you know they had Kentucky minus 26 looking at each other like, oh, we covered. 
<laughs> you you can look at that crowd shot and circle the people who had money on it because they were way too yeah. excited over a touchdown that didn't really impact the outcome of the game. Otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, my thing is I didn't want to see the warning signs that we saw last year with this offensive yes. line. Um, Kentucky averaged 5.8, six yards a carry. Only had 18 running back carries, but last year in the first couple games, Kentucky averaged 1.7 yards per rush. Hmm. So that that's something that, that I saw. And the Cats averaged seven yards per play and only had 51 plays. So I think the judgment of the offense is a little bit skewed because of only 51 plays. And, and with, with more, the game just flowed strangely like that. But you average seven yards a play, five, six yards a carry, and, and almost 14 yards per completion. I don't think it's – I mean, that we can get in the weeds about this offense, but – for the small amount of time it was on the field, those are pretty good numbers of that indicate that they were they were okay. And I didn't see the the flashing warning signs that I saw last year. And, and the reason why people are a little flustered by it is because when they got into short fields, they didn't turn it into touchdowns. And even when they got in the red zone, things weren't firing on all cylinders, right? Like you had opportunities to get touchdowns. Ray misses a cutback, and then they incomplete to Dan Key. You need a P.I. to extend that drive before Davis punches in that first score. Just on the short field, things were a little clunky. But you know what? Mentioned it earlier on our rapid reaction uh, outside Kroger Field, but this is what we talked about going into the season. You got a couple weeks. You got some runway with the schedule to figure things out offensively to get crisp. It's not going to be um, a, a, a fine-tuned clock in week one. Uh, but they scored an offense, defense, special teams. The special teams dramatically improved. So I, I'm overall pleased with Kentucky's performance. It's, it's, it's great teach tape on a lot of fronts. And that this defensive line, this front seven, is as good as advertised. Going to be one of the best in the SEC, especially when they go up against some SEC opponents, which I want to get to and I want to laugh at them. But first, look it. Um, are you on the clock? Because you told us off the year that you had a fantasy football draft, and I really, I really want to get to a point where you give us two or three options, and the YouTube chat has to pick a player for you. We got a minute twenty till the draft starts. Okay, I am pick number two, ten team oh. leagues. Okay, I mean so, you, can, oh, yeah. you all can tell me who to draft, but my guy Jamar Chase is coming off the board here. I, I, I hate to. Uh, oh. A number two? Number two. Oh, gross. Fuck yeah. it. You got to get a running back. Get wow. McCaffrey. No. You the guy who gets get... injured every year? Or Austin Eckler? He's going to catch a bunch of passes, too. You got to no. get running backs, though. I can get one later. You can get running backs at any time. Oh, no. Running backs, there's only so many good ones to go around. You get a high pick. No, you're going with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, yeah. and Tyler Boyd. They're going to be stealing so many catches from him. No, they aren't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think we just got the Bengals bias over here, like uh, Mr. Franklin. I, I think I think I think he's got his Bengals goggles on, and he's clouded. He's got clouded vision. Yeah. That's that's obviously a biased pick. If I had the second pick, I would either get Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins because clearly <laughs> they are going to have a big year. I don't know why anyone yeah. would pick someone off their own team. Yeah. I took Luke Fortner with my first pick. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good one or not, but that's where I went. Uh, well, I, I mentioned some of the other SEC East foes. Week one, we learned that the Kentucky defensive line, poor Deion Walker – 
might he might send some some quarterbacks to the hospital because uh, some of these offensive lines around the division are just built on Swiss cheese. At one point, like it on our drive home uh, from Lexington, Vanderbilt was winning five to three over yes. uh, Southwestern Central Louisiana State University. Um, and then at another point, uh, I think Spencer Rattler spent more time on his back than on his feet because uh, North Carolina defense that ranked 178,000 out of uh, 131 teams last year sacked him nine times. Uh, but it wasn't the offensive line's fault why South Carolina lost. Shane Beamer explained why they lost the game at, in his pre- post-game press conference. Anybody? It's kind of the story of the night. Clock was wrong the whole damn game. We're trying to kick an onside kick to start the second half, and we got to wait on the chain crew because they're eating a hot dog. That's the only disappointing thing about tonight. <laughs> I, I feel his angst because that broadcast was not working in the Kentucky press box either, and I was a little upset. But they end up getting that onside kick, so whatever <laughs> yeah, happened worked out there. there. <laughs> it was so dumb it confused me. I was like, didn't they get that? I had to like go back and look it up. It was perfect. Part. I mean, it was like it was a perfect onside kick. The kicker couldn't have kicked it any better. It it it, it actually made me mad. So I'm like, Mac Brown, we we know that this is Beamer ball and you're 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 not ready for an onside kick out of halftime. Like that's like textbook time to run an onside kick. Um I tell you one Well the thing. internet had fun go ahead, Freddie. If I learned anything at media days this year, is to trust the media van. Because we got fair warning about that South Carolina we offensive did. line in the media van on two occasions. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like nobody told South Carolina fans that their offensive line was going to stink when they had oars at pretty much every position going into that game. It was pure comedy. Um, I just uh, – we didn't get a lot right. Like, if you're going to watch the pigskin preview on Friday, um, the, the uh, some of the picks in Luckett's column, I mean, I think I won two bets all weekend. But hey now, I three, was I'm right about – with one pending. Okay, okay. I was right, though. I mean, having LSU and then just watching them get demoralized in that second half, that was, that was real tough. Uh, but watching South Carolina – be as bad as we thought. What was what was the rushing yards? Was it 18 yards on eight carries by their running backs? I mean, they yeah, just it, when you take out sacks, it ended up being like 50 or 60 yards, right at three yards per rush. But when you add sacks in there, they were I think they ended up with negative rushing yards. And and then not only on top of that, the Florida game Thursday night against Utah. I was listening to uh, Gators Online's Nick Delator was on uh, with Andy Staples. And he's just talking about like, oh man, if you if they couldn't handle Utah, what are they going to do when they go to Kroger Field and play that defensive line? And I'm just like, oh man, what a what a time to be alive when you've got Florida fans on their message boards and and their people get cover their team just shaking in their boots at the thought of going to Kroger Field and having to play this Kentucky defensive line. I mean, it's just oh, it warms my heart. It just oh. Man, it's a great time. Great time. Florida Florida wasn't the saddest thing I saw last Thursday to kick off the season. Did you all see uh, your boy Eli Drinkwitz's comments about his quarterback dating his daughter? Yes. He said he said if if he didn't have a girlfriend, I would want my daughter to date him when she turns 18 and his daughter is 12. Why are why are we bringing that up at a press conference, well, uh, Eli? What are we doing? 
Why are we trying to set our 12-year-old daughter up with the quarterback? We That's got, one of those some... you, you, you need to practice in the mirror. You need to say out loud to yourself. I mean, I we, thought he was got... the guy that practiced in the mirror. I thought that was his like favorite part of the day is waking up and trying out his new quips about how he's going to fix college yeah. football. and Oh, this is definitely you know, going to go viral. Well, he, you he, know, he got it to go viral. You know the mean st- stunt on these dot that goes around the internet? That, that might as well be old, old drink. Just looking in the mirror. Bizarre comments like around the conference. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was a weird, weird, weird day for the SECE. So, uh, that is one thing that Kentucky fans, we do need to remember. Um, that, like, when you're panicking or freaking out, um, if you're members of KSR+, Plus, which I don't know why you are uh, right now, you have access to all those other message boards. And it is just um, the screenshot Saturday night. That look it sent me. I mean, it was like six different threads just complaining about their team on Gamecock Central. It gave me life. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. But even if you don't want Schadenfreude, uh, you know, Luck and I were chiming in as we were rewatching the game on a game film thread on Sunday. We had overreactions. Just so much content uh, coming out on the website, on KS Board, on throughout our time here. There's recruiting updates. Uh, Devin Smith officially visited on Saturday, and like it, he did the old official visit, uh, surprise official visit. In fact, I think that was a late uh, addition. And then, oh wait, now I'm going to go ahead and commit here in two weeks. It's either going to be Kentucky or LSU. So, sounds like there's some good news coming down the pike on the recruiting front for the Cats. That's never typically a bad sign when that happens. So, I think Kentucky's got a really good chance there. He would be a good, I think. Addition along with Antoine Smith as more of like a high, high floor prospect. Where Smith, he's got a lot of raw traits, you know, the speed, the size, the frame, but he's got a lot of developing to do. Where I think this addition would give Kentucky, it would give a Kentucky more of a solid, I think, guy there that could come in and potentially play early. And linebacker off the linebacker's position, a need. I mean, Trevor Wallace has a year like we think he could be gone after this, so you're gonna have to reload the room. The people have spoken, Luckett. 56% say you should be taking a running back, not a receiver. Did you still take Jamar Well, Chase? guess what running back I got in the second round? I got Josh Jacobs in the second round, so I think I did that whole dance right. Oh, okay. So why, why don't you just show off for us now, Luckett? Um, <laughs> I did the thing, too, where I had a draft the day before Jonathan Taylor deadline had to happen, and I yeah, I, I took a chance, and I, I, I gambled, and I lost. Um, but, you know – Someone Jim Irsay say one, Nick Rouse zero. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we can't win them all. Uh, Freddie, I'm, I'm curious uh, to, to get back to the football uh, and not just making fun of Shane Beamer and fantasy football. Are there any more big-picture thoughts you have coming away from the Kentucky football game that we, we hadn't touched on yet? Big picture is I got a bunch of texts <clears throat> during the game from some national folks, uh, some coaches, former coaches, and they were saying this is a top two, three defensive front seven in the, in the conference that Kentucky's got. So, I mean, that, and that just kind of solidified what we were thinking and what we felt going into the season. But just hearing outsiders say that is, is good because those guys can run. That, that big picture, that defensive front can run and can get after you. And 
I think we all expected Lynn Cohen to wow us on his return, but it was Jay Bulware in that third phase that really showed me something that, that I'm looking forward as the Cats go down in the schedule. I'm happy Kentucky got away with the win. Relatively healthy. Dylan Ray's got an opportunity now in place of Kenneth Horsey. Uh, there's a lot still to work with. Um, and we're going to see some more Saturday when Kentucky hosts EKU. 3 p.m. at Kroger Field. Uh, Drew, the, the Colonels, they have a good quarterback. They're going to spread it around. But they also are liable to get some points scored on them, as we saw Scott Satterfield do. I mean, if Emory Jones is picking them apart, uh, uh, is a 60-burger. What was up with all the high – I mean, there's a 60-burger Cincinnati. I think Oregon had 100 points. Oklahoma had <laughs> yeah. 70. I mean, I don't – something was going on Saturday in college football. Something weird. Did you all Did you all see Butch Jones having a meltdown on the sideline? No. He, I mean, he looked like he was having a panic attack on the sideline. And then one of his players had to come over and console him when they were down 70-something to nothing. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, I saw 70... Mark Stoops have a meltdown on the... <laughs> Yo, he did. I mean, that poor ref, he just had to take it too, didn't he? He had to. We that gonna was have a terrible murder. call. The... I don't know what was the – I mean, that was obviously the worst call because you can't do it. But, like, there were three very bad calls in that game. That call, the Khalil Saunders hold. Like, you – he was at the – he was behind the line of scrimmage and he chucked the guy and they called a hold. Like, that's a that's a legal football play. I don't, I don't know what the ref was thinking. And then the Zion Childress interception, like, he turned around and picked off the pass. And I – what – what do you want to – it's perfect deep. Like, I – which – Lucky, you tweeted this out. Uh, that that was a hell of a gumption move by that Kentucky defense to persevere through that bad call and still get a goal yeah. on stand. I think that was the most promising thing I saw from the defense all day. To have a bad break, go your way. Not a lot was going right in that half for them. To dig deep and get a stop, and they had backup D linemen in there. I mean, it was Khalil Saunders – it was, I believe, Ox, and it was one more in there that wasn't a, a starter. And then you had you had like a nickel package in there because Wade and Weaver were both in there together. It's kind of the defensive ends. I think you only had two true defensive linemen in there. So to me, that was really good to see. And right after Childress gets that flag, he was the guy who made the stop, who kind of meets the guy head on and drives him backwards because if the guy falls forward there, he's going to score. So I think that was really good to see from the defense because there's going to be situations like that where you, something bad goes your way, you got or bad it goes against you, you got to bounce back and still get a stop. And so for them to be able to do that when things weren't going well, I think is a pretty good sign for that group moving forward. There's a lot of positives to take away from it, and we should be having some more fun this Saturday at Kroger Field. Drew is going to be in uh, – Is are you going to be in Vegas for the game? Palm Springs, but I'm going to Vegas uh, on my way home. But I will be watching the Cats from Palm Springs for a wedding. It's only going to be 111 degrees. Oh. So it should be a good time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Have I'll you, be inside watching football. Have you ever watched that movie, by the way? I uh, have. I really enjoyed it. I, it was one of those, like, kind of, whoa. And it was weird. Yeah. And it was a weird premise, but it was, it was fun. I've been to Palm Springs one other time with Matt with Tennis Channel, and there was an earthquake while I was in the bathroom. It was uh, not a fun time, but that was my 
by one other uh, time in Palm Springs. Hopefully we have more fun experiences like that. Oh, wow. Well, I hope there's not an earthquake this time. Um, I hope you have good gambling luck in Vegas. First NFL Sunday coming up. Uh, the season kicks off Thursday. And, folks, uh, if, you, if you think that I'm not going to be at Churchill Downs to place a bet on opening day, then <laughs> you don't know me. So I'm, I'm fired up. We've got legal gambling coming to the Commonwealth this Thursday. We can place wagers in person. Uh, Thursday night kickoff. Freddie, will the you're a Permian Panther right now. Can the Lions, can they, they shock the world and knock off the Chiefs Thursday night? No. <laughs> uh, all right, genuine question. Who plays it closer, Freddie? Murray State Racers to the UofL Cardinals or the Eastern Kentucky Colonels to the Kentucky Wildcats? I'm going to say EKU because of the uh, Walt Wells, C.J. Conrad, and, and Maxwell Smith connection. Uh, I think Mark will want to get some good work with his team. Uh, but if things get sideways, I, I don't expect Kentucky to run up the score because of uh, the friendships and the respect that he has for Walt and CJ and, and Max and that program. Yeah, but also I don't think Max Duffy's ever actually had to play at Cardinal Stadium. So, I, well, you know what? He's going to be right at home. He's used to being on the sideline. He's not used to being in between the lines. So, um Hopefully the racers can give them a little bit of help Thursday night. Uh, exciting weekend of football. We've only got to wait, have a two-day break, but we're going to have a lot more coming on the KSR YouTube channel. 11 personnel will be back here 8 p.m. on Wednesday to get you ready for the Cardinals and get into the nitty-gritty details about this year's Kentucky football team. Second straight show, we've had our most live viewers ever, so we appreciate you all tuning in right here on the KSR YouTube channel. For Freddie Maggard, Adam Luckett, and Drew Franklin, I'm Mick Rash. Go Cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.